Hello, good afternoon. Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, the division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for joining in today on the video podcast series where we talk about digital marketing tactics to help grow your business. Today, in the, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about cultivating a digital market romance through geofencing your competition. You know, I think about um, what what happens when you are in a local market uh, or regional market or even a national market for that case, and you're the, the people who you are in a relationship with, your customers, are walking into the doors of your competition. And why are they walking into the door of your competition? You know, so I, I think, you know, we really need to understand, first of all, for those of you who maybe are new to the podcast uh, or video series, geofencing is essentially uh, putting up a a virtual digital fence around a building uh, using IP markers. In other words, the um, GPS monitoring or capabilities that identify the device that has entered inside of the fence. Now, what's very interesting about this geofencing phenomenon, you know, it's been around for a number of years. Um, what's also interesting is there are a number of ways to leverage uh, geofencing. You know, you can uh, geofence on several different types of platforms. There are uh, what you would call programmatic or display advertising opportunities within geofencing. Uh, geofencing is also available through Facebook and or Instagram's platform. Uh, however done, it's a little bit different because when you're leveraging that type of technology, Facebook only allows you a one mile minimum. That's as, as, as far as you can sort of circle around a particular building, but through the exclusion rule, you can actually create exclusion circles and really box in and create a geofencing-like um, uh, equation. So anyway, um, to, to go back to what's happening when someone walks through the door of your competition, you know, I think that, first of all, we need to understand that when someone does go into your competition's building, um, understand what phase of the journey, the purchase journey they are in. Or sometimes we talk on this show about um, moving through the marketing funnel, but it's really a, a decision tree. Um, you know, you're going through the process of making your decision. So when you walk into uh, a competitor's business, uh, there's a couple of different things that could be at play there. So if I walk into a restaurant um, there's really good uh, data that I'm probably going to go ahead and consume uh, the products that are on the menu, right? Like how many times you walk into a restaurant, look at the menu and walk out? It does happen from time to time, but more than likely what's going to happen is, is you're going to walk in, you're going to look at the menu and you're going to go ahead and make it a purchase decision. Now, if you are, if that's your competitor, then and you have the ability to essentially capture and, and 
um, create a relationship opportunity, a digital introduction, if you will, uh, by leveraging geofencing technology to show them uh, content, then what would it be? I've already made the decision. I've already decided that I'm going to eat my steak at the steakhouse that's not you. So what's what are you going to show them that you know you're going to really benefit from? You know, is it going to be price? Most of the time, that's what people do. But I think that is really the short game. And I think brands who understand the long-term play and and understand how to um, you know really uh, communicate and build a relationship with your, uh, your consumer base and your competition's, you know, consumer base. That's really important. Um, because if you can meet the, the consumer where they are in the journey, you have a much greater chance of making a connection with them. So let's go back to, okay, so if I went into a restaurant, I'm going to go ahead and right then and there, I'm going to consume that product. But what if I was walking into a flooring store? You know, if I was walking into a flooring store, there's a really good chance that I'm there to shop. I'm looking for, you know, design. I'm looking for product availability. I'm looking for price. Um, I'm looking for, you know, all the different sort of criteria that are going to be part of my decision-making process. So if we understand that that is the case and I'm a competitor uh, you know, if my brand is a competitor in that space and I'm going to, to leverage geofencing uh, as part of my overall digital marketing strategy, I want to understand that I want to have my creative, the content that I put in front of them when they leave out of that store for the next 30 days. If I'm going to show them content, put myself in their shoes and, and you know, uh, help guide them through that process. Don't just short, try to shortcut and say, you know, we have 99 cent, you know, installation prices. I mean, yes, price is ultimately going to be part of the process, but you can engage me by deploying empathy in that you understand the journey that I'm going through. You understand that I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, what is the difference between laminate flooring and engineered wood flooring? And what are the benefits, long-term, short-term, you know, upkeep, you know, all the different things, you know, that kind of information is, is I'm at that stage where I'm trying to do my comparison uh, analysis of the products and so forth. So being able to really understand that and, and understand where the consumer is in their journey really impacts your decision on the kind of content that you're going to use in your geofencing when you want to cultivate a digital market romance with consumers who are visiting your competition. You know, the next thing that I think is really important that you understand is, is with the availability to have multiple sets of creative, you can really monitor the market. Um, and when I say monitor the market, I mean the people in the market. I think it's interesting. There's a, a local automotive group in my area that um, has a, a, a TV spot that uh, I've seen a couple of times. And they talk about, we monitor the competition's website, TV ads, and their newspaper and their radio. Um, because we're going to offer you the best price. 
And what I think is interesting about that, while it's great, you know, they're aware of the market price, but are they aware of the market people? Like what's important to the people? Yes, ultimately at the end of the day, I want a good price on the car that I'm going to buy. But at the same time, do I have, is there something that's more important to me than that, right? So being able to monitor uh, the market as, as a whole, the people of the market when it comes to that decision is really huge. And you can do that. You can gain great insight. And again, we've talked about this in other episodes. But it's so important is when you deploy um, multiple pieces of creative that are segmented to the very specific uh, psychographics of why people make decisions and you can, you know, sort of place that uh, uh, visual or text creative in front of them. And, you know, you may have 10, 12, 15 different, you know, reasons why I want to install flooring or, you know, reasons why I want to pick hardwood over tile, um, you know, because of all the different factors, you know, size of the room, amount of sunlight, amount of moisture, you know, just all the different things. Um, you know, that can be huge. So for a company who wants to really get a leg up on the competition, I think there's a greater advantage of understanding the market and just being aware of what what the pricing is out there. Because at the end of the day, if if I have a product that meets my needs and, and really connects with what's most important to me, I'm willing to pay more. 100%. I will pay more. Um, because you know why? I've learned that if I go the cheap route, I'm going to sacrifice quality. Um, and I'm also, you know, going to have to settle. And I'd really not like to do that. I'd really like what I want, um, you know, and, and I'm willing to pay for it. So I think monitoring the behavior of the market and, and being able to do that through the analytics that are available on the marketing platforms, whether it's programmatic or whether it's uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, you know, all of the insight that comes to you, but that's not going to be there if you just put up one piece of creative and, you know, try to get your message out, you know, in one slam dunk, you're not going to get that feedback. So deploying multiple creative when you can makes a huge difference on, you know, really being able to understand the market. I think the other piece that um, brands fail to recognize is the idea of uh, ITT. Uh, if, if, if this happens, then that should happen, right? So if, if I click on this link, then what's the next thing that should take place after that process? So again, this goes to uh, reverse engineering that consumer journey so that you understand when they make this decision to, you know, look at a comparison of product A versus product B, or uh, when they look at, you know, a service value comparison of service plan A versus, you know, service B, C, and D, you know, and, and really understanding that and being able to speak to those, the differences in those groupings, I think is really important. So you as a brand need to understand that you can go through that cycle. So, uh, you know, we've talked about before with retargeting. So when I, when I do have that ad, whether again, it's whatever display 
Google PPC display, whether it's programmatic, whether it's social, whether it's retargeting. If I come back to the website and I've clicked on something that got me there before, I do have the ability to take you somewhere else. I don't have to take you back to that page. And there's a reason why I may want to do that. If I, you know, if the first thing you clicked on was, let's say, a 24 page guide to um, picking the right floor, we're going to stick on flooring for a minute right now. Um, and, and then I see an ad again, I may want to, you know, kind of narrow it down to, okay, now I'm, I, I've, I've done my exhaustive research on all the different things. Now it's time to, you know, price compare, right? So I've looked at all the disadvantages and advantages. Now let's do some comparison pricing. And so then I can lead you to a different landing page that has that information with the call to action that I'm going to have on that landing page. So understanding that the, the if this, then that sort of creative, uh, again, the digital journey that's happening as we go through um, our experience through the internet is really important for brands to make sure that you understand. And I think that brings up an important point too with regards to you know, sort of omni-channel versus multi-channel, right? So I, I think, you know, multi-channel is almost like if, if you were to set up a, a visual and, you know, have the, the consumer on the left and then on the right have all the different channels that, that you could essentially connect with, um, you know, to that individual, right? So it could be your Facebook, it could be your website, it could be email marketing, but notice that in, in that visual, the consumers on the left and the channels are on the right. Well, with omni-channel, what we're talking about is you move that consumer into the middle and then you circle around that, uh, that point with the experience. So, you know, then it's social media. It might be a visit in a store. It could be a phone call with, you know, the consumer with your customer service experience. You know, having the, the consumer in the middle of that experience with all the different channels going around it, having them be in the center uh, really is a different philosophy of what you're going to do to cultivate that relationship. Um, and I think lastly, the, the last point that I want to make uh, I do think it's interesting that you really need to understand, uh, you know, I think it's interesting that uh, a lot of media companies who, you know, maybe they were in the television world or maybe they were in the newsprint paper world, um, you know, have have seen the writing on the wall that, uh, you know, digital is the way to go. And, you know, they're now offering these great services. Um I think it's important for you to know as a business, you know, ask them, what is the commission? What is the what is the value of or what is the strength of my digital spend dollar with you? Because most of those companies uh, leverage a, a network wide source for uh, deploying those ads. And as a result, there's a 30 percent rake or commission that comes right off the top. So that means that you're. $1 is actually only equal to 70 cents when it comes to buying your ads, whether it's on programmatic or whatever the platform is. So you really need to understand and, and understand that, that that is the situation that you're in. Now, 
you again, you may find value in what they have, but just know that, okay, if if I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A and buy, you know, uh, a Chick-fil-A meal that is normally $6.99, I need to add 30% on top of that because that's what I'm actually paying. Uh, you know, so instead of paying $6.99, you know, I'm paying more like $9.50. Um, for that. So, so my value of my dollar spend is reduced because of that structure. And it's something that we learned very early, I think just a couple of years ago in trying to report to our clients, you know, I mean, we were following the rest of the industry, you know, 30% was the norm. Apple came up with the idea, uh, you know, the digital product should have a 30% commission. Um, and, and so, you know, we pulled that back and, and, you know, we stopped that because, when you can report to your client that here's the dollar that you put on the platform and here's the return on that 100% value of that dollar. And then separately, here's what I'm going to charge you for my expertise, my strategy, along with all the different platform connection and opportunities that I have, whether I'm a gold partner or a silver partner, you know, I mean, you could have that label uh, as, as part of your organization, but the very person that you're dealing with may not be that gold partner, right? It's 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 at a corporate level that that uh, partnership exists. So be aware of what it is, you know, when you're working with a digital agency, you know, what are you paying for and what are you getting in return? And then going back to what is the strategy behind, you know, the ads that you're going to put in and understand the intent of the consumer journey, uh, the digital journey when it comes to that. So, Guys, I'm, I, I want to recap real quick. If you're going to cultivate a digital market romance and circle the competition with geofencing, remember these couple of items. Number one, understand that what the intent is of someone when they walk through the doors of your competition. Are they shopping or are they already making a purchase decision? And what kind of content do you want to show them when they leave? Because you may be too late to show them a buy one, get one free. Yeah, maybe that's for their next visit the next time they're thinking about having a steak dinner. Um, and then number two is, you know, making sure that you monitor the behavior of the market people through multiple pieces of content within your content strategy for your campaigns when it comes to the ads that you're leveraging and geofencing. Uh, and then number three, make sure you understand that if this, then that sort of progress of, deploying empathy with that consumer as they go through the journey so that your content follows along with them, uh, you know, in, in conjunction with the decisions that they're having to make through the process. Uh, and then lastly is make sure you understand the spend value of your dollar when it comes to working with a digital agency. Make sure you just know up front, hey, this is what I'm paying for creative. This is what I'm paying for strategy. This is what I'm paying for you know, uh, actual ads on the platform, because then at that time you are making smart decisions with your money and looking out for your best interest as a brand. Guys, thank you so much today for joining in on the digital marketing uh, podcast and video. My name is Michael Wynn. I'm the chief digital officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you tomorrow.